Welcome to Time of Restoration broadcast. We are so happy that you have tuned in and pray that something will be said to bless you, encourage your heart, lift your spirit, and increase your faith. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. For this is the day that the Lord hath made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in this day. Hallelujah. For this is the day, a day we've never seen before, a new day, <laughs> a day that we are going to want to be in God's will throughout this day. And we want to put him first. And hopefully we have already put him first this day. God is good. And all the time, God is good. It's a privilege. It's an honor to worship him. This is a day that he made for us to rejoice, to be glad in it. And if you find yourself today without any joy, check your strength. Because if you don't have any strength, you will not have joy. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. No strength, no joy. So we just thank God we have joy in this day. That we will magnify the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The great I am. The one that's above and not beneath. The one that is uh, El Shaddai, the all-breasted one. Oh, we just thank God for who he is. He's Jehovah Jireh, our provider. We don't, we don't have to take thought as far as what we're going to eat tomorrow or what we're going to drink or what we're going to wear because God said those things he know, you know, that the Gentiles seek. And, and But he says, I know what you have need of. And he, he says in his word that if I can provide the array of colors to lilies, Hallelujah. If I can feed the bird that does that do not uh, have to toil for food, how much more will I supply your need? Oh, we just thank God for the mighty God, Jehovah Jireh, the God that we are serving. He says, I shall supply your need according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He said, take no thought for what you shall eat, what you shall wear, what you shall drink. We just need to trust God knowing that he is our provider. So we just thank God for this day that he has made for us to rejoice and be glad in this day. We are so glad that you have tuned in and would like to remind you of our upcoming announcement uh, on tomorrow, which is Friday the 27th. We will be having our first quarterly evangelistic service. The time will be 7 p.m. Our guest speaker is Pastor Ralph Graves of Cornerstone Community Church of Violin, New Jersey. Come out, bring your loved ones, bring those that are sick, those that need salvation, those that need healing. If you're in the Sickleville area, Come out and be blessed. And if you would like to take the drive across the bridge, perhaps you can find someone 
you two could get together and come over and be blessed. So that is on tomorrow, the 27th, Friday, is our first evangelistic service. And we welcome you to that service. I'm going to be opening up with Psalms 86. And Psalms 86 says, Bow down that ear, O Lord. Hear me, for I am poor and needed. Preserve my soul, for I am preserve my soul, for I am holy. O thou my God, save thy servant that trusteth in thee. Be merciful unto me, O Lord, for I cry unto thee daily. Rejoice the soul of thy servant, for unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. For thou, Lord, art good, and ready to forgive, and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. Give ear, O Lord, unto my prayer, and attend to the voice of my supplications. In the day of my trouble, I will call upon thee, for thou wilt answer me. Among the gods, there is none like unto thee. O Lord, neither are there any works like unto thy works. All nations whom thou hast made shall come and worship before thee, O Lord, and shall glorify thy name. For thou art great and doest wondrous things. Thou art God alone. Teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. I will praise thee, O Lord my God, with all my heart. And I will glorify thy name forevermore. For great is thy mercy toward me, and thou hast delivered my soul from the lowest hell. O God, the proud are risen against me, and the assemblies of violent men have sought after my soul, and have not set thee before them. But thou, O Lord, are a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering, and plenteous in mercy and truth. O turn unto me, and have mercy upon me. Give thy strength unto thy servant, and save the son of thine handmaid. Show me a token for good, that they which hate me may see it and be ashamed because thou because thou lord has opened me and comforted me well that's that's a prayer of supplication this is a psalm that's dealing with prayer as 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 the psalmist says says i, I i'm going i'm going to bow down my ear o lord and and he says, and hear me, for I am poor and needed. There are many that are out there under the sound of my voice 
that you are poor and needy, maybe not physically, but spiritually. And God is there ready and able, you know, for you to pray out to him because he's going to incline his ears to your prayers. And verse 6 says, Give ear, O Lord, unto my prayer and attend to the voice of my supplications. I know in the New Testament it talks about the fact that when we pray, you know, we should pray and with, uh, with the spirit of thanksgiving. You know, let your uh, request be made known unto God with thanksgiving. And let your, uh, let your request be made known unto God with prayer and, and with thanksgiving, your, your supplications. I'm paraphrasing it, but the thing is that we have to let it be known. We have to talk to God. You know, we have to let him know what we want and what we're believing him for. But when we ask and pray, we are going to pray with thanksgiving and with gratitude. And with thankfulness of heart that he will hear our prayer. Father God, I just thank you for this time to enter into your throne room of grace. Thanking you for your goodness, for your mercies. God, I ask for forgiveness for anything I might have done against your will. Lord, I ask, oh God, that you would have mercy. Not only on me, but on your people. God, we thank you, O God, and we are praying for leaders of nations, those in authority everywhere. We are praying, O God, for our president. We are praying, O God, for the peace of Jerusalem. We are praying for the Ukraine and those that are involved in war. Lord, we are praying for the sick, the shut-in, the poor, the needy. We are praying for widows and widowers. We are praying for those that have lost loved ones that you will be the lifter above our heads. We are praying for our local assembly and we are praying for our evangelistic service on tomorrow that it will be a blessing in the community and that people will come out and be blessed. People will be delivered and made whole. Lord, we just thank you, O oh God, that the word will get out and that people will come with a spirit of expectation to receive from the Lord. God, we are praying for our assistant pastor, for our Pastor Kenneth Jones, his family, his children. And God, we are praying for our deacons and all the members of the church, God. We are praying that your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, in our lives. God, we are praying, oh God, for the sick. We are coming against the spirit of murder, rape, assault. We are coming against the spirit of abortion. We're praying, O oh God, for the peace of Jerusalem, praying for leaders of nations and leaders of churches. And God, we're asking that you would touch lives, touch pastors. Lord, we're praying for uh, those pastors that have, you know, lost hope and given into the culture and just have just thrown in the towel. God, stir the gifts that's on the inside of them. Let them not grow weary in doing good. But in due season, you shall reap if you faint not. We pray for our daycare. We pray, O oh God, for the staff and the teachers. And we are praying that your will be done. In Jesus' name, we are praying for the sick, the elderly. We are praying for first responders still. Lord, we are coming against that murdering spirit that's so rampant in the world. 
let your love prevail. Open up blinded eyes, God. Change hearts, minds, and desires. I lift up Mother Gilbert. I pray for the elderly, those in nursing homes. I pray for those on our prayer list. Or we have received so many uh, uh, testimonies of victories into answered prayer. So, Lord, continue to bless and to make whole. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. So we're teaching on prayer. And today, this morning, uh, I am going to the book of Daniel. And I will be reading that from the New Living Translation. And it reads as follows. Darius the Mede decided to divide the kingdom into 120 provinces and he appointed a high officer to rule over each province. The king also chose Daniel and two others as administrators to supervise the high officers and protect the king's interest. Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all the other administrators and high officers. Because of Daniel's great ability, the king made plans to place him over the entire empire. That's what you call favor. Favor. Then the other administrators and high officers began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling government affairs, but they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. So they concluded, our only chance of finding grounds for accusing Daniel will be in connection with the rules of his religion. Rome, Daniel was a man that prayed three times a day. And see, you know, when you are good on jobs and when you are good in positions that you've been placed in, people around you get jealous, especially when they're seeing that, you, you know, you're surrounded with favor and you're making progress on those jobs. And that's how people will do. So going to verse... Um, Five. So our only chance of finding grounds for accusing Daniel will be in connection with the rules of his religion. Verse 6. So the administrators and high officers went to the king and said, Long live King Darius. We are all in agreement. We administrators, officials, High officers, advisors, and governors that the king should make a law that will be strictly enforced. Give orders that for the next 30 days, any person who prays to anyone, divine or human, except to you, your majesty, will be thrown into the den of lions. And now, your majesty issue and sign this law so it cannot be changed an official law of the Medes and Persians that cannot 
be revoked. So King Darius signed the law. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with its windows open toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. Then the officials went together to Daniel's house and found him praying and asking for God's help. So they went straight to the king and reminded him about this, his law. Did you not sign a law that for the next 30 days any person who prays to anyone, divine or human, except to you, your majesty, will be thrown into the den of lions? Yes, the king replied. That decision stands. It is an official law of the Medes and Persians that cannot be revoked. Yes, the king replied, yes. Then they told the king, in verse 13, that man Daniel, one of the captives from Judah, is ignoring you and your law. He still prays in his God, to his God, three times a day. Hearing this, the king was deeply troubled, and he tried to think of a way to save Daniel. He spent the rest of the day looking for a way to get Daniel out of this predicament. He was very close to him. And he was, you know, uh, 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 he was good. He was a good worker. He was a good administrator. So he, he, he loved him and he hated to see, you know, anything happen to him. So at last the king gave orders for Daniel to be arrested and thrown into the dens of lions. The king said to him, May your God, whom you serve so faithfully, rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den. The king sealed the stone with his own royal seal and the seals of his nobles so that no one could rescue Daniel. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night fasting. He refused his usual entertainment and couldn't sleep at all that night. Verily, early the next morning, the king got up and hurried out to the lion's den. When he got there, he called out in anguish, Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God whom you serve so faithfully able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered, Long live the king. My God sent his angel to shut the lions' mouths so that they would not hurt me, for I have been found innocent in his sight, and I have not wronged you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and ordered that Daniel be lifted from the den. Not a scratch was found on him, for he had trusted in his God. Then the king gave orders to arrest the men 
that had malicious, maliciously accused Daniel. He had them thrown into the lion's den along with their wives and children. The lions leaped on them and tore them apart before they even hit the floor of the den. Mm, my God. Then King Darius sent his message to the people of every race and nation and language throughout the world. Peace and prosperity to you. I decree that everyone throughout my kingdom shall tremble with fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God. He will endure forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed and his rule will never end. He rescues and saves his people. He performs miraculous signs and wonders in the heavens and on earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus, the Persians. Look at God. Look at God. When people try to set up and, you know, work against you, I'm thinking about Mordecai and Haman and how Haman tried to set a trap for Mordecai and he ended up being the one to hang on his own gallows that he was setting for Mordecai. And these other uh, 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 people that came against, the nobles that came against Daniel and here they were plotting to have him killed and yet the God of Daniel, he did not compromise with the culture. The culture was that you couldn't pray to anybody but to King Darius. But Daniel went back to his room after the law was set in order. And he says, I'm going to obey God rather than man. Open his window. And he prayed three times that day. And so, of course, the men that plotted against him went back and told the king, your majesty, this man, Daniel, didn't you not, you know, put a law in order that people could not play, pray to anybody but you? Well, he's praying to another God. And you said the next one that would do that would have to be put into the lion's den. They put him in. And the king loved Daniel. That night, he couldn't even go home and go to sleep. He even fasted. And when he woke up and he called Daniel and he says, you know, was, what is that verse? Verily, verily, the next morning, the king got up and hurried out to the lion's den. And when he got there, he called out to in anguish because he was not expecting an answer because he was so sure Daniel's were dead. Daniel was dead. But God gave the lions lockjaw. They could not open their mouths to kill him. But yet the men that plotted against them, not only did they lose their lives, but their wives and their children. And they said before their, their bodies hit the floor, the lions had grabbed them and ate them and killed them. So it doesn't, it doesn't pay to be revengeful. Because sometimes when you're plotting against someone else, 
that same thing that you're using against them is what's going to cause you to fall. So we see the how prayer prevailed, how that because the fact that he didn't compromise his prayer life for a law that man had made against his God, <laughs> the God of the universe, that God spared his life. What a powerful uh, story. Daniel stood alone. Although he knew about the law against praying to any except the king, he continued to pray three times a day as he always had. Daniel had a disciplined prayer life. Our prayers are usually interrupted, not by threats, but simply by the pressures and distractions of our daily schedules. Don't let threats, pressures, or distractions cut into your prayer life. Pray record, regularly, no matter what, for prayer is your lifeline to God. Hallelujah. If you're out there tonight and you have not accepted Jesus as your personal Savior, I would like to give you give you that opportunity to accept his finished work. Pray this prayer with me. Father God, I believe in your son Jesus, that he died on the cross, that I might be saved. Jesus, come and live on the inside of me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. Wash me with your blood. Be my Lord, my Master, and my Savior. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, you have caused heaven to rejoice. Because heaven rejoices over every soul that repents on planet Earth. Go and let someone know that you've accepted Jesus. The greatest thing you could have done is to start a journey with Jesus Christ. And if you are that backslider, just ask the Lord to forgive you of your sins that you have committed and ask the Lord to restore the joy of your salvation and come home. <laughs> Oh, the saints are waiting for you. Abba Father is waiting for you. Oh, in the name of Jesus, all you have to do is repent and come home. If you like additional prayer, you can call 856-629-0601 and we will be happy to pray with you and we rejoice with you for your decision to accept Jesus as your personal Savior. Whatever you do, always remember, seize the moment. You know, take advantage of a moment that you can share the goodness of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to share of his wondrous works, to share with others what he has done in your life, that you were once lost, wretched, and undone, but Jesus came and now he lives on the inside of you and you are a new creation. Share that testimony. 
Let someone know what you used to be, but what you are not now anymore. Hallelujah. So whatever you do, always remember to tell someone about Jesus. Because Jesus is Lord.